Hi, everybody. I'm Margot, and this room sounds great. I think a drummer would be like, do you think that we can play this? Always be a Margot OG, for sure. I guess I really love beverages, is a one way to put it. And I'm like, now I can zest and juice. <laughs> it's so fun. It's like, here's my heart, I'm gonna throw it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, and I think those are the ones that stick out when it kind of just like flies out of you. Whoa, the lights are kind of bright. I did what everyone did, which was like, I'm gonna be able to get an album out in three months. <laughs> which, you know, gotta admire the chutzpah. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in. Right now, I have the pleasure of speaking to Margot, AKA Colleen. Hello. Hi. We know this very talented woman in a myriad <laughs> projects that she has going on. Oh boy. Yeah. We have a few people that we see in the studio on a regular basis and we always joke that they just want to be in the spotlight so much they just keep finding all these funny reasons to, to come in and join mm -hmm. us. Yep. Um, so give us a little bit of background. Let's, you know, you're here for Margot. So obviously yes. I want to know uh, about the band, sure. uh, what the genre is, how long you've been doing it. Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, in terms of writing music, that's kind of been going on my whole life. It's something that I think just subconsciously was happening. And then I met a lot of really great people that encouraged me more later in life when I was first trying to figure out what I wanted to do in college and what am I going to major in and all of those like big questions. And just had a lot of people that encouraged me in the right way to pursue being a performer a little bit more and, you know, maybe go to this open mic and like play a song. You know, you've shared a couple here and there. And I guess for Margot specifically, that started back in 2016, where I, I kind of was regularly going to open mics, absolutely loved Carytown Coffee's open mic and met a lot of great people that I still know and connected with and still play with to this day. And were you shy? Or did you just not think it had, yeah. <laughs> it just didn't think it had potential? Like what was, the, was there hesitation or you just didn't you know, think of it? It's it's something where when I was a senior in high school, I think I just, I just told myself I'm not good enough. You know, I write songs and that's cool. And I enjoy playing. And I had been in every facet of music that you could. I was in theater and I played guitar since I was seven, taking guitar lessons, taking voice lessons, been in ensembles, did music theory, like absolutely immersed myself in anything I could within and outside of school with music, but never did the like high school band thing. Never had my own band that I fronted in high school. I kind of just stuck with it internally almost. Well, a lot of times what comes naturally, we don't get it has value and we don't get totally. Or there are so many people who say they do it. We think, well, what would make me so special? special. And right. it takes a long time to find, oh, okay, there's room for everyone. We all have talent and value. Yes. And my perspective is completely different from yes, someone else's. Definitely. I thought about getting into artist management because I loved going to shows. And I thought, well, that's one way that I can make I'll a just career facilitate. out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. I'll just go hang out with the bands and tell them what to do. <laughs> My plan was, you know, I'll go to Belmont and Nashville and pay exorbitant prices <laughs> for out-of-state school. That'll be fine. I'm 17 making this huge decision. I'll go. I'll go be entertainment industry studies. I'll be happy. That's what I want to do. I'm in music. I'm in Music City. Did it for a semester, was very depressed, went through a lot within the shortest amount of time in every aspect of life. And you, wrote. And, and you wrote and, about it. And wrote yes. about it, for <laughs> sure. I'm still writing about it, I think. But yeah, just just decided I need to just go back. You know, my parents were like, you're welcome to come live with us. You can go to community college, figure some things out. 
figure out what you really want to do because we know music is a part of you. But if this isn't the path for you in music, that's okay. Let's figure this out. Change course. Yeah. And save some money, <laughs> which was <laughs> such a great decision. I do not regret it at all. I met some amazing people at Belmont, but I'm glad that I did it. And I'm glad that I learned from it. And like I said, I'm still writing songs about it. So <laughs> there's something to be said about, you know, life experience, life experiences. It's kind of when things kick started. I was going to community college. It was 2015, 2016. I started going more and more to open mics. And that was just you and the guitar. Is that right? Yeah. Just through doing that wrote even more and more. I was then at VCU for music performance. I was in the vocal performance program. I ended up switching my major and doing a Bachelor of Arts with them, which in a nutshell, you end up doing all of the major requirements. And then you just don't have to continue voice lessons as long as the other people do. And that means you could get out quicker. And since I was a transfer, I was like, the quicker I can get out, I'm writing more. I started collaborating with Brandon O'Neill, who is an incredible musician and person and just human to have in your life. He's just in your court. He and I met through Matthew, Matthew Walsh, who mm -hmm. helps with Shaco and you know him very and well. And this room sounds great. <laughs> and this room sounds great. They, they had been friends for a long time, and we just connected through that. More and more, he was like, let's work on music together. And it just felt right. Things just started clicking. We started recording and producing things out and filling in more people. He introduced me to the other bandmates that I have. So, so who is in your band? Yeah. Like I said, I know you have other projects we'll get to, sure. but who is a part of the Margot band? Yeah, the Margot band. So like I said, Brandon O'Neill is drums, background vocals, producer, a lot of times engineer and musician extraordinaire. He's a <laughs> jack of all trades for sure. And then we have Hannah Hopp. She is our keyboardist traditionally. And background vocals. She also now for the Shaco is going to actually jump to guitar. Yeah. Uh, she'll still play keys for some stuff because I just, I can't get her away from it. She's <laughs> she's incredible. She's another one of those kind of very special people. I mean, all of them are. Megan Bush, who is my bassist, background vocals again. We're, we're a heavy vocals band. This is actually going to be Megan's last show, which is really oh. sad. But she good, a good sad. It's a bittersweet. Her and her partner are going to be moving up to New York, upstate New York. She's a farmer. Hudson she's, Valley is good for that, right? Oh, yeah. So she's moving upstate. So this will be our last show, which we're very sad, but also very supportive because she's going to be working on like an all-woman farm. But she's been such a valuable asset over the years. So she's going to be dearly missed. And then we're actually adding a new member for the show. She will be kind of rocking different and who synth, is that? Who? synth patches. That'll be Paige Melton. I'm yes. going to get to see Paige again? Yes. I, that's right. I forgot that you know that Paige from the radio. is awesome. Yep. I so cannot be wait here. to see her. <laughs> so I feel really lucky. Each person in Margot, it's only as good as the people in it. And I feel so honored to have each one of them. They're like the perfect puzzle piece that makes this beautiful music with me. And I'm really honored to have them sign up and play my silly songs. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> well, they're so genuine. And, you know, it sounds like such a heartfelt camaraderie. When yeah. you write music, do you write lyrics only? Or are you writing every instrument's piece? I do primarily do all of the writing. Brandon definitely does add in great bits, especially with Glass House and Confetti, the first singles that we released, he was heavily involved with kind of the part writing. I kind of brought him the baseline of the song and he took it and just produced it out. But so, you can write for all the instruments. 
for the most part, please do not ask me to write a drum part. It is. <laughs> those char- those are completely atrocious. different charts. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I work out of a home studio in our house and there's, you know, demos that I'm doing for songs. And I, I'm able to get a general sense of what I want, at least the song's vibe to be or what I want each part to do. You know, I think I want a synth that kind of sounds like this. And that's where the collaboration can be really beautiful. But I swear, I've tried doing MIDI drums and the stuff that I've come up with, it's just like, Mm. I think a drummer would be like, do you think that we can play this? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think we do back here? What is this? (laughs) Just really random things. (laughs) So I definitely leave that fully up to Brandon, is what I should say. Other than being like, I think I want this one to be a little more straight or something. But usually he's on that wavelength anyway. So God, what a great Um, partnership. Yeah. Great collaborator. Would you prefer we hear confetti or glass house? Let's do glass house. Mm -hmm. I am a glass house with my see-through walls. Now Just the sound of someone's voice is so pure like that. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. Honestly. I appreciate it. Honestly, you don't need anything else with you. We talked about this when we were booking. You were our test show. You were our Shaco Sessions live test show. Yes, I was. You were our (laughs) guinea pig, but it was just you. Yes. Um, And now I cannot wait to hear the whole full sound because after I heard just you, I put put everything I could find in my own Spotify on a playlist just to listen. So I cannot wait to hear everyone together and just to see the vibe of you guys. I mean, since you Mm. do just adore each other. We really do. It it shines. People (laughs) notice. People love that. Yeah. They're honestly, they're all some of my like best friends, which is so fun. And as people come and go, that's all good. And we'll always support them. I mean, Megan will always be always be a Margot OG for sure. Um, So (laughs) this this show will definitely be dedicated to her. She's done so much for us. So we love you, Megan. She's (laughs) going to go farming. I know. I know. What have you you been doing over the landscape of the last year? So have you just been buckling down and um, practicing? Have you put together anything new? What have you been? What's the plan? When I feel like lockdown and quarantine kind of first happened, I did what everyone did, which was like, I'm going to be able to get an album out in three months, (laughs) which you got to admire the chutzpah. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) at some point, you Mm -hmm. have to realize it's not so realistic. You know, went through the whole phases of what am I doing? Is it worth doing? Maybe I'll just record today and then not even getting to it and just binge watching 
something or cooking something random. I always call it uh, productive procrastination. Exactly. And so it's you've got a big deadline, you've got a big project, and then you go, I think I'm going to re-alphabetize my spices today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think I'm going to learn how to bake bread, which was very popular. Um, <laughs> you couldn't get yeast for months <laughs> anywhere. Know. It's so funny, the things. And then like rollerblading or roller skating became a huge, I mean, I think that still is really big now, which is just funny to me. I'm like, it's it's cool how we're all experiencing those things together in a way, even though we're we're not really able to be together in the normal mm-hmm. kind of way. Well, I'm glad you stuck with it. I we you know I've spoken to a few people who are just so disappointed that the pandemic happened. They had albums about to come out. They had tours. Mm-hmm. But I had to say, hey, I'm going to break out my pom poms and say, at least you've realized that this is worth continuing with, even yes. through the rough times. Yeah. And so you've made it through definitely. And through this year, I've been able to dig in a little bit more as a producer and a songwriter, obviously. And I've actually got new music on its way. I'm not going to say anything final, but yes. Well, and you keep yourself busy with other projects as well. Yes, I Um, do. (laughs) And I think you're up to about a half a dozen. Yes. So you can, if you'll just briefly tell me what you do in each of the projects, because I have a question. I, first and foremost, Brandon's project, Wine and War Paint, I play lead guitar for, and I do some vocals with him. So that's super fun. Totally different. He did a Shaco session, so I know you're well aware. And then I play in Tyler Meacham and her band. I typically play keys, synth, and acoustic guitar, and I do background vocals as well. Kind of like an auxiliary type person where it's just like, what do you need on this song? (laughs) But I've also been able to play electric guitar for her for a live stream we did just a couple weeks ago. So kind of just whatever she needs, whatever she tells me to do. I'm like, cool, I'm down with that. Um, Also did a Shaco session. Mm I have played with Rawls. I played for that Shaco as well. That was just auxiliary electric guitar kind of stuff. Everything keeps me fairly busy. I would say so. (laughs) And so I've been dying to ask. So they're all different. How Mm -hmm. much of you do you get to put in each project? So clearly they like what you do as you, and that's why they've called you in. But I'm always (laughs) fascinated. (laughs) That's so many different people to collaborate with. So how do you know where those boundaries are? I Mm -hmm. mean, I imagine everybody sets it up right away of who is clearly alpha and, and where yeah, the creativity comes from. Definitely. But um, yeah, I was just dying to know, like, how much of you do, do you get to put into all those projects? Yeah, that's a great question, honestly, because sometimes I scratch my head thinking about, like, they're all so distinct and different and they all have their own voice and they're all so wonderful. It's a privilege to get to play with them all. I think that there's like bits and pieces of me that are in each of those. Both of my parents have always been huge music fans. Uh, my dad's musician and my mom was a pianist for a long time. They just have really eclectic tastes in music. My dad from playing me James Taylor as a baby to, you know, showing me Rolling Stones <laughs> and everything in between and my mom loving Santana and Tijuana Brass Band and you know Nora Jones. And so just such an eclectic taste and growing up we would jump from Yes and Fleetwood Mac to Grand Bailey Ray and so I feel like that comes through in in all of the bands that I play in because there's a little bit of me in all of that. Wine and More Pain is so fun for me because that was like my middle school and early high school music. Can we say like heavy side sweat veins, dark eyeliner, <laughs> the tightest, you know, colorful skinny jeans, <laughs> just that look that was so, you know, bracelets stacked to your elbow. 
and just love that genre of music and love that I get to do it now because it's so fun. I, I never experimented with playing that type of music when I was that age. So I just listened to it really. So it's fun to be able to do now. And then with Tyler's band, there's so much fun with more of the indie pop. And she's just such a great songwriter and, and vocalist. Yes. So that's just super fun. So all of them have bits and tastes and pieces that I can dig into. And Rawls is, there's like a Bonnie Vare meets Daniel Caesar almost. I, he's just got like such cool writing. And there's just so much with all of them that I could I could talk about that I enjoy. And I'm able to take a part of me that... I can just fully express in a different way than I do with Margot. So, well, I think a great key to living fully is they say living spherically, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's obviously the many dimensions of yourselves. And I don't know what you do, but even if you don't have time for anything else, you get to live spherically through all of these bands. Sure. That's incredible. And yeah. what do you have time for? What fills your well to be able to sure. do this? I really love, um, I guess I really love beverages is a one way to put it. Go on. <laughs> so but both Matthew and I love coffee. He's definitely more of the coffee connoisseur, but I can appreciate a great brew. That's something that prior to COVID was something we love to do is travel and go to coffee shops. Some of our favorite memories together are like, remember when we were in this city and we tried like this coffee and it was so good? He's been a guest on my podcast. Yes. And we did an episode called Beans on a Bus. Which I love. And it I, is I, all about traveling musicians yep. and how they have to have these creature comforts. Oh, and yeah. his is the coffee with a pelican case for crying oh out loud. Gosh. It was such a great episode. <laughs> his, his A and B rig. His yeah. A and B Yeah. Rig. Oh, yeah. He's very proud of that. <laughs> I, I'm sure he's sitting in there smiling about it right now. Mm-hmm. but Because it's true. You have to have your creature comforts. I think even on or off the road too. If you're rehearsing day in and day out or or jumping from thing to thing, like I feel like it's nice to be able to have certain things that you enjoy. I've gotten into bartending, you know, at at home bartending, mixology Mm -hmm. um, more and more over the years. And especially with quarantine, (laughs) what else are you going to do other than like learn how to make some of your favorite drinks? So you have some sense of normalcy of like, I'm having a great whiskey sour with like this dinner I just Mm -hmm. made. And that's like, it's nice to be able to do that. And it's fun, too, because there's so much you can dig into with flavor profiles of this whiskey versus this or different types of liquor, how you can combine flavors and make something so unique. We have the time to zest things now. We have the time to (laughs) zest, which is wonderful. Actually, Megan, who plays bass with me, she gave me a great gift. It's like a zester and a juicer all Mm -hmm. in one. Yeah, I have one of those as well. I love it. The thing slides on top so you don't hurt yourself on the grater on the zester. (laughs) It's wonderful. And I'm like, now I can zest. And juice. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) What drinks are you drawn to? Do you like classic old man drinks? Do you like (laughs) elderflower and mint and berries? What do you like? All of it? I mean, that all sounds good. Yeah. (laughs) But I I definitely tend to the old man drinks. Mm -hmm. I love a good scotch. I love like an Isla Scotch PD. That's my favorite island that they come uh, from as well. Yes. My favorite. I love so great. I love when they taste like low tide. Yes. <laughs> yes. When you cross a bridge and everyone crinkles their nose, I'm instantly like, mmm. That tastes nice. I, I'd yeah. like to have a scotch right now. Yes, exactly. So I, I'm with you 100%. <laughs> totally understand that. Forget the smoky, forget, yep. you know, I, yeah. Just a little peaty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do tend more towards those classic flavors. I mean, I mentioned a whiskey sour. I love a good whiskey sour. An old-fashioned, you can never go wrong. Um, Matthew and I both really enjoy Sazeracs and Toronto's as well. Like whiskey, um, that that's for sure my favorite. 
liquor or spirit to, mm-hmm. to mix with. <laughs> you know? I was so lucky. I started bartending, uh, I guess at this point, a year and a half ago for the first time in my life. I don't know who in middle age decides to start bartending, but I was so nervous. I kept thinking, oh, everybody's going to be asking for a B-52 and a sex on the sure. beach and yeah. all these crazy <laughs> things, and I'm not going to know how to put it together. Fortunately, the venue was very different. There's a set menu. People typically stick to it. And even more fortunate, I started in October, and in November when they changed their drink menu over, they went to class classic cocktails. Oh, nice. So I got to learn the foundations yeah. of the old-fashioned, the Sazerac. Sure. Oh, what is the one with the gin and lemon? Um, Tom Collins? Uh, well, there's a Tom Collins and the one the champagne flute as well. Oh, French 75? French 75. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was nice. so nice just learning those basics yeah. and how to handle handle the fruit and, and how sure. to muddle things. Oh, and, yeah. That um, sounds great. It was a great foundation that's lasted through yes. the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> Skills that you could build upon, for sure. Sure. Getting you through. <laughs> it's true. Totally um, understand. And what is your inspiration for songwriting? It's it's what you're going through, right? It's oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're a personal is, gal. Yeah, it's uh I would say that it's not even like hard on my sleeve. It's like here's my heart, I'm gonna throw it on the ground. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Especially I hope some of the an, songs. <laughs> hope you're wearing an apron. This is gonna be juicy. <laughs> this so. is gonna get real personal. Um <laughs> anybody yeah. got a smock? <laughs> I've, yeah. I've got a song idea. Yeah, hope hope you're ready. I'm very much a, a feeler. It's something that I used to, I think, veer away from. And I maybe that's part of what made me think, you know, songwriting's not for me because I just felt like it was maybe too vulnerable. And it is. And I know everybody has a different songwriting style. But for me, it's can be sometimes just such a like a visceral feeling to get a song out. But it's been really great. And I've learned that being vulnerable is okay. That's actually what Glasshouse is all about. It's kind of accepting that sometimes things aren't all perfect and you don't have to be perfect. You can be a little broken and you can come as you are. And so that's something that I've really been able to dig into more as a songwriter. And then as a musician with all of these different instruments, what did you start with and what prompted you to want to play your first instrument? So I am the last child in my family. I have two older siblings and they both went through lessons, piano. Like I said, my mom's a piano player. They tried. It just didn't stick. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, we hate this. So I came along. I'm 10 years younger than my brother and seven years younger than my sister. So pretty good age gap. And I think my parents were just like, whatever she wants to do, like, just figure it out. (laughs) You know, she'll let us know. (laughs) Um, And, and with my mom playing piano so much and having access to that. And then my dad has what feels like like 10 good. I think it is like 10 guitars at this point. He, he played to me when my mom was pregnant with me and I used to dance, you know, in the womb and they were like, maybe she'll be a musician. And then growing up, just always had access to those instruments and begged for years, <laughs> years, <laughs> like ever since I think I could walk and talk was just trying to like play the guitar And wanted my dad to teach me. And finally, I think it was seven, I got my first guitar. And then when I was eight, I started taking lessons. And I actually took classical guitar lessons. So learning the different finger picking styles and learning how to read music through that. It's just such an interesting way to learn music from other musicians that I talk to. Most of them are introduced through it through piano or that's pretty standard. Um, But I learned like looking at guitar sheet music and like thinking of like P-I-M-A and like, you know, the finger picking styles and stuff and eventually veered off from that and took more 
contemporary lessons, but my first teacher was very influential to me, and I just ate up reading music. I always loved music theory. I think it's mm-hmm. so cool. It can be so frustrating, yeah. but <laughs> it's just really, it's fun to me. It's like a really fun challenge. So that's always been something that I've loved. And I think it's because when I was so young, that was what I was just honed in on was like, I couldn't wait to go to guitar lessons. Yeah. And, and that is interesting because I don't play instruments myself, but I talk to musicians and I'm just finding out how unique the guitar is and, and playing yeah. it and learning to play it Yeah, versus sort of banging on pots and pans or learning yeah. with the piano. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very different. It is definitely different, but it it's cool because I'm able to now see how everything correlates in different ways which is fun. And and I've had a lot of people like give me advice too and be like, well, you can think of it in this way on the piano or you can think of it like this on the guitar. And it's like those kind of connections over the years that you're just like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, <laughs> and now that's so much easier. Why is why was it so hard? For <laughs> you know? reference. Yay! Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what, what are your goals? What do you want to do? What is going to be success for Margot? For me, what success looks like with Margot is just being able to share my music with as many people as I can and be able to travel and tour when that happens again. Mm. You know, I would love to be able to play as big as a show as like the Hollywood Bowl someday. Wow. Um, And and kind of fit that, you know, whatever that looks like and whatever kind of niche I find, that's what I'm going for. So that, you know, I guess big dreams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think that's what you have to do. I think a lot of people feel that too. So I would just love to be able to travel, though, and, and share my music and and make a living off of just playing shows. How are you with the business and marketing sign? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something you'd rather delegate? I know, you know, I haven't asked a lot of artists this because I, yeah. I love talking about the creativity, <laughs> the creativity and the history design. and everything. Yeah. But, you know, when you talk about a goal like that, clearly there are steps and there there's yep. a way to generate a following and a buzz. Yep. And some people... A lot of times, if you're very, very right-brained and very creative, you just can't deal with the business yeah, side at all. Um, you strike me as being very left-brain, right-brain, you yeah. know, having both. Yeah. Um, but still, some people don't like to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a love-hate. I think I know how important it is. I'm fortunate to have a partner like Matthew, who I think is so business savvy and just able to figure things out and help walk me through some things that I don't understand on the business side. Um, so I'm appreciative of that and other people in my life, too. But it it is a love-hate for sure. There are days where I'm just like, I just don't want to have to deal with how to like market myself or present myself or what gets me to this goal and what's the next step and what are the things I need to do in order to get there. Mm -hmm. But it, it can be challenging. I do really love the aesthetic side, but I think that's partially like a creative. So sometimes the marketing (laughs) stuff can be super fun. It's like, oh, here's kind of like the color scheme or like, here's what I want album art or merch to look like. That can all be really fun, which I think a lot of people would agree with too, just because it does tap into that creativity. It's it's self-expression. Yeah. But then when you get to the following up and Mm -hmm. keeping a log of who you reached out to (laughs) and you know, hey, I went and did this. Now I have to let everybody know I did this by yep. posting and logging in and yep. remembering passwords and just cross-pollinating and remembering oh, yeah. everybody you have to tag. Like, it's a lot. It definitely can be time-consuming and sometimes just very frustrating because you just want to be able to focus on the music. But if you want to be able to focus on the music, you got to do that. You got to put the work in and it can be tough work. <laughs> but you got to do it. it <laughs> got to just buckle down. It's a funny thing. So we've yeah. got... 
a new track coming out in a few months. Good yes. for you for being a little vague about the timeline instead of setting, sure. <laughs> instead of sure, saying something. Yeah. And then <laughs> we've had a couple of guests talk about that sure. as well. Like, never give a date unless you have it in your hand. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a vague thing. And like we just talked about the business thing. There's tons of stuff that I feel like I personally am going to put on myself to do in order to make it more successful, you know, mm-hmm. turn it out like a business, mm-hmm. business proposal. How much material do you have right now when it comes to making music? I mean, do you write every day or? I try and write at least, I mean, I'd love to say that I write every day. I probably play an instrument at least once a day. That's a given, even if it's just me walking around the house singing, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much the norm. But I try and write at least once a week or try and get into a song that I've been working on, whether that's recording or getting a demo down or working on the lyrics of a new tune. But I, I'd love to be somebody that's like, I write every day. Isn't that wonderful? But I just honestly don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's just that's, that's just okay. kind of my process. But when you find um, one that, that grabs you, you're moving forward with it and completing yeah. it. So that's what's huge. I mean, that's what's important. Yeah. And I think those are the ones that stick out when it kind of just like flies out of you. Those are the ones that you're like, OK, this is this is something. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the ones that end up getting tracked and getting focused on. So. Do you have any silly stories of you in the band or any silly oh, man. <laughs> sort of injury stories or flubs on stage? I guess they're called clams, right? When you mess up, you... you... Oh, I haven't heard that. Yeah, so that's... Clams. A, I've heard that phrase, yes. Yeah, so when, when there's a flub, it's a clam. So okay. somebody will leave a show and they're like, yeah, just a couple clams a night or no big Ooh. clams. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Man. Uh, well, I will say we are all <laughs> such goofballs that it's hard to think of one silly story <laughs> Anybody tripped over anything on stage? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't think anyone's fallen, which is, that's which good. is great. That's good. I feel like that's a badge of honor, honestly, mainly to myself because <laughs> sometimes, like, even just, like, looking at the pedals, I'm just like, whoa, the lights are kind of bright. <laughs> Am I going to fall over right now when like, I'm playing guitar? It's just like, that would not be a good look. Just at the camel, like, just keel over, falling on my pedal. Colleen's disoriented again. Yeah, I've just, she's, we, just lo- she's losing it. Can we find her a stool? <laughs> I don't know if there are any too, too kooky of stories. We've we've definitely played some very interesting some interesting places. We've we've played this one. There's there is a good band inside joke. Okay, and I won't disclose the location, but we've played somewhere, and it was like very fun. But just pe- not a lot of people came out. It just wasn't like a mm-hmm. full band gig, and I have no idea why we played it full band. I think I got booked for it, and I was like, yeah, the whole band's gonna come out. <laughs> and there were was, like ten people in the audience. I mean, I think it was like my parents, and with the joke, we'll say to each other before a show, we'll go, it's just blank. Like, <laughs> and we'll say the name of the establishment. <laughs> we'll be like, it's just this. It's not like we're playing to anybody. It's no big deal, which I'm sure we'll say before the shot go. Like, uh-huh. it is just one of those things that has stuck with us. And we're like, oh, it's just this. It's just that. <laughs> just gonna be um, mom and pop out there. Yeah, no just, let's have fun. Like, this is fun. So that's kind of what the phrase has turned into. But in the moment, I think we all were, like, laughing hysterical. We had a great time. Sure. Got to play music. We got fed delicious food, had drinks. We had a great time. 
Mm-hmm. It just was one of those shows where I was like, why did I book the full band? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any of those cringy moments are great, though, because you get it out of your system. Yep. You you lived through it. It just is one of those things that there can be a lot of pressure going into a show that I think I feel and bandmates maybe feel of uh, we're playing your music. We want to make sure it's good. And me going, I want to make sure right. you guys are all good. And I want to make sure the show is good. And you know, there's pressure that I'm sure everyone can relate to. And I think it's it's a good thing to ground yourself and go, it's just, you know, it's just whatever it is. And that is the best attitude to have. To be honest, everyone I've spoken to has been down to earth. I don't know what I expected. I guess I expected maybe some people were divas <laughs> sure. or you missed a beat or that was off key. Oh, but gosh. everyone I speak to, even when they talk about the band leader or the person in charge, everybody's so forgiving and just it always boils down to people enjoying themselves and I just can't believe how lucky I am that I've met this bubble of those type of people or maybe that's the Richmond thing maybe that's the true musician at heart thing you know maybe people who aren't like that are in it for the wrong reasons but I feel very fortunate that people I know in such mass quantities get to play and just love what they do and they don't feel yeah yeah those restrictions yeah for me too it's been learning like I'm exposing myself so much with songs that I'm playing and I'm so lucky to get to play it with such good friends who are also invested and there and supporting me through playing in my band, you know, and so that helps back me up. And then there's people that listen and tune in and fans and friends and family and just a beautiful community here. And I think if you're not forgiving, if you're not doing it because you just love to do it and there's nothing else you could be doing, then... Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Talk to a career counselor. Yeah. (laughs) Perhaps read What Color Is Your Parachute? Sure. Um, Yeah. Do something else. Definitely. Well, where can people go for more information until you perform here on Chaco Sessions Live? So we we have music out anywhere you get your music. It's Margo, M-A-R-G-O-X. And we also, you can find us at Margo Band on all of our social medias, margoband.com. And that's where you can find us. I like it succinct. Yes. All, all <laughs> nice and easy. Nice and simple. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm already a fan, so I can't wait to hear you with everybody else bringing it together and just to feel the love in the room. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like us, follow us, and subscribe to us on all the usual suspects. And also be sure to tune in every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. to Shaco Sessions Live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. That's a wrap. This episode of This Room Sounds Great was recorded and mixed by Matthew Mixes.